You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Natural Products Expo West, March 5 to 9. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I am Sandy, and today we are going to talk about improving your business, your natural product business. And I'm happy to have one of the the utmost experts in this area. We've got Bob Burke on the phone. He is principal at the Natural Products Consulting Group, and he is speaking at the Natural Products Business School, and that's on Tuesday, March 5th at 7.30 to 4 o'clock p.m., and that's associated with our Natural Products Expo West trade show in Anaheim, California. Bob's topic will be on Know This Much is True, Common Sense Rules for Smart Companies. Um, He will be giving most important lessons that he's learned from over 30 years of bringing natural products to market. And as part of those 30 years, uh, Bob has been a consultant since 1998. He works to bring natural, organic, and specialty products to market across many areas of trade. Uh, In this, he does just sounds just about everything, um, including strategic planning, growth strategies, business plans, budgeting, pricing, building distribution, broker selection, organizational development, financing, branding, on and on and on and on. Um, Before he was a consultant, he was with Stonyfield Farms. He's currently on many trade association and company boards. Um, He's also the co-author of the Natural Products Field Manual. So uh, a lot of expertise, and uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Bob. Well, thanks for having me. So my first question is, what are some basic overarching principles that brands should understand to succeed in their health and nutrition business? Uh, Sure. Um, What I'll do is uh, highlight, you know, some of the key, you know, know, there might be a hundred things necessary to get right, but among the most important are having a remarkable product, uh, having a sustainable gross margin, figuring out how to sell off the shelf, and articulating what your brand stands for. And so the first one, having a remarkable product, really means that you've uh, developed something that's truly remarkable, Uh, one that clearly has a reason to be on the shelf uh, or be out in the marketplace, one that's not going to be viewed as anything like a Me Too product or redundant. That means if it's a food or beverage, it tastes great, uh, has great flavor, mouthfeel, texture, uh, et cetera. If it's a supplement or personal care product, that it's truly efficacious and it really works and satisfies the consumer. When it comes to gross margin, I'm talking about uh, your gross sales minus your returns, discounts, allowances, and trade spending to get to net sales, minus your cost of goods as your gross profit, divided into your net sales is what we're calling gross margin. That's the vernacular of investors, strategics, and others. And so having a good gross margin uh, means that you've got uh, enough money to invest in your brand building activities, support your trade programs, and 
get to break even and get to positive cash flow uh, quickly. And a good target for a food company would be in the range of about 40%. And if you're a personal care or supplements, it could be higher in the 50 or 60% range. After that, it's so vital to be focused on velocity and sell through. And so cracking the code of what does it take to sell off the shelf is really important. That's understanding what's your optimal price point, where to merchandise it, how to tell your story to the trade and consumer, how to promote it, how to demo it, uh, all in the service of optimizing your selling off the shelf. And of course, the same thing goes true when you're online and e-com. So uh, what is the right price point? What combination of, for example, Amazon marketing services or the equivalent with other e-com platforms? What kind of digital marketing, social, et cetera, results in selling through at a, at a healthy, brisk rate? Um, after that, it's really understanding what your brand stands for. How do you articulate this whole amalgam of features, benefits, values, personality, because your brand is so important in creating value in your business. And having a brand that can be extended into other categories, uh, into going to other channels, is really important uh, in terms of what you're ultimately building here. And it truly does uh, form that emotional connection with the consumer when you do it well. And so I think those are some of the most important things to think about in terms of overarching principles in terms of how to be successful here. And they sound simple, but when you drill into it, it, it sounds like it needs, it requires just a lot of, of planning and preparation before you're going into the market, you know, to make sure that you have a great product and you know how to sell it and know who to talk to. So that's, that's really great advice. Thank you. So in what, in what you have seen, um, is there like one most common issue that keeps natural, organic, and specialty products from getting to the next level in their business? And if so, what is that? Well, uh, I'm going to uh, cheat and say there are two at least, right? Okay. So Go ahead. You it, can cheat. It really, yeah. I mean, it's basically people and money, right? So um, when I've looked at the vast range of companies that I've been exposed to uh, through my, you know, seminars, books, my time as a consultant, people that I've met along the way, when it doesn't work out, I mean, it's true, there might be an issue with the product, you know, it wasn't as extraordinary as they might have thought. So there's three, I'm just kidding. Um, but really, <laughs> often they don't have the right team, you know, they don't have the right people you know, it could be a founder that's reluctant to let go, who's not willing to bring in more experience. It could be that they have uh, the wrong leadership in certain areas, whether it's um, operations, sales, marketing, finance, et cetera. And then, of course, the other is capital. So uh, being undercapitalized has probably um, helped more companies fall by the wayside than anything else. And so getting the people and money right uh, is, you know, obviously an essential thing to go the distance. Right. Interesting. So I, I bet there's nothing that's actually that easy. But my next question is, is there an easy or a small-ish change that brands um, can do that will help reap big business gains? 
Yeah, and and when I thought about this, um, I think probably that that easy change, and it's not so easy. Nothing's easy, right? But it's really looking for improvements in sales leadership, uh, because again, if you've got a good product, if it has a good gross margin, if it has the potential to sell through once it gets distribution, get on the shelf, get online, et cetera, having the right people who uh, are working on that go-to-market strategy, who are finding the right partners, whether they're the contract sales organization, brokers, and others. So, I mean, for example, going from an average broker to a great broker could be a relatively easy change that's going to have a transformational effect on the business. Going uh, from a middle-of-the-road sales manager to an extraordinary sales manager will have a significant change in the business. So I, I don't know if it's a smallish change, but it's something that I would look at uh, that would have a big business gain. Um, and I'll, I'll just add another one too, and that is uh, for earlier stage companies, having a proverbial cash cow customer in the mix is a good thing to have. And that could be private label at a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or some other strategic private label customer. In some cases, you're seeing a lot of natural and specialty food products being sold in places like TJX, for example. Um, so customers that represent a lot of volume but have relatively low cost of sales which means high contribution, financial contribution, and another source of cash flow for a customer, a company. So, so those are all, I would say, smallish changes that could have uh, big gains. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so my next question will be about trends. Uh, how do you suggest that brands stay on top of, or better yet, ahead of, what consumers desire from their natural products? So none of these uh, suggestions I'll make will be blindingly insightful, right? They're all the bleeding obvious. Um, I say first and foremost, it's being close to your consumer. And so, for example, um, when I was with Stonyfield over 20 years ago, uh, long before uh, the internet, or at least it was just coming into existence at the time, everything we printed would say, let us hear from you, whether it was our cups of yogurt, coupons we handed out at demos, anything. Uh, and so when people would write in to us, we'd write back and we would really engage with them. Now, of course, with social media, with, uh, you know, Amazon reviews, all these things, you have a chance to really engage with your consumers and hear what they're looking for, what's missing, what could be better, and so on. And then after that, it's, getting out there, you know? So whether you're going to uh, an amazing show like Expo West, whether it's other industry trade shows, whether it's conferences like BevNet and Nosh, whether it's, um, you know, getting out into stores. I mean, every founder I've ever met has personally done in-store demos in the store. And so you get that unfiltered feedback, finger on the pulse, um, hearing what people say, or, or maybe it's their nonverbal, you know, if they really light up with joy when they try your product, that 
is something you can learn so much from. But in terms of, you know, where the market's going, trends, staying ahead of uh, what consumers are looking for, it's really, you know, getting out to the key trade shows and conferences. It's getting out into the stores. It's engaging with your consumers, uh, whether it's uh, email, website, social media, et cetera. And, of course, I mean, I think it goes without saying that people are reading leading trade publications like Natural Food Merchandiser. They're uh, getting the daily e-news digests that are coming out where they're talking about new product launches and trends and other people will, uh, you know, report on uh, people like Spins, for example, might talk about what they're seeing in the way of trends as well as distributors like UNFI. So these are all simple, relatively inexpensive things that you really have to do to be plugged in in terms of where the consumer and where the market's going. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for talking with me today on this podcast. We really appreciate your insight. No problem. Happy to be here. And for those of you who want more, please be sure to sign up and attend the Natural Products Business School on Tuesday, March 5th, 7.30 to 4 p.m. at our Expo West trade show in Anaheim, California. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Natural Products Expo West, March 5 to 9.